Hi, I'm attorney Nick Namath with the Law Offices of Nick Namath. I want to welcome everyone back to our podcast, Namath IRS News. If you have not joined us prior to this podcast, welcome. I've been a tax attorney for over 20 years, and the sole focus of our firm is to help individuals and businesses resolve IRS problems. The purpose of these podcasts is to educate taxpayers with respect to some of their common concerns. Today, we will be discussing resolving back taxes. Back taxes is a term for any taxes that you have failed to file or pay over time. Falling behind on filing and paying your taxes to the IRS will always result in penalties and interest charged by the government. And the longer your tax debt goes unpaid, the higher the interest and penalties. Thankfully, there are several options available to people struggling with back tax issues. This can get complicated, so we always suggest you work with a tax professional. Today, we will cover the most common options for solving back taxes. But if you require help, we encourage you to reach out to the law offices of Nick Namath and our team of seasoned IRS tax lawyers to see how we can assist you. I'm joined by my colleague and our firm's managing attorney, Jamie Flores, who will provide an insight into what taxpayers need to know. Jamie, you want to chime in for a second before we begin? Sure. Hi, everybody. Thanks for listening to our podcast. I am Jamie Flores, like Nick said, the managing attorney here at the law offices of Nick Namath. Um, If this is your first time tuning in, we're really glad to have you. Um, Otherwise, welcome back. So let's get this party started. Hit me with the first question. All right, Jamie, question number one. Let's start with a question we get asked all the time. Should you file your late tax returns even if you can't pay them? Yes. So even if you don't have the funds to pay the taxes that you owe, we always, always, always recommend to file your tax return. You cannot go to jail for failure to pay your taxes and owing tax liability, but you can go to jail for failing to file a tax return or tax evasion. Also, for taxpayers that do not file a tax return, the IRS has full discretion to file a tax return on your behalf. This is called a substitute for return, and generally, it's not in your best interest. Now, hang on, Jamie. You're telling me that the IRS will file the tax return for me if I don't do it? Why would I not want the IRS to file this substitute for return? Seems like it's a whole lot less work on my part. Well, sure. Um, You don't have to file your own tax return, but let me go into some detail about, about what a substitute for return actually is. So the IRS will take all the information that was provided to them by third parties and report it as taxable income. It doesn't include any additional expenses or exemptions that you otherwise would be entitled to take. And it may overstate your actual tax liability. Generally, it's always going to overstate your tax liability. So let me give you a few examples of how this could actually impact you. One, a home sale. So they're going to report the entire amount of your home sale with no cost basis. Let's be real. You paid something for your house most of the time, so you do have a cost basis. And it's not going to allow the primary residence exemption. As long as you qualify, this is a substantial amount of money. For a single taxpayer, it's $250,000. And for a married taxpayer, it's $500,000. So you want to make sure that you get that benefit if you sell a home within the year and file it on your tax return. Another common thing that comes up for substitute for returns is for self-employed individuals or businesses. Therefore, 
no expenses gets reported against all of that self-employment income. And you usually have to spend money to make money. So you want some expenses to offset this income and not have to pay taxes on everything that was reported to the IRS. Something else to keep in mind with substitute for returns, it only allows the standard deduction, one exemption, and a filing status of single or married filing separate, which means you're likely going to pay more in taxes than what you would owe if you just filed an original return. So we always recommend file an original return before the IRS files a substitute for return for you. All right, that's good information. But let's assume now that these returns are filed. What are some options for people who owe a large amount and they can't simply write a check? Okay, so before I can answer this question, Nick, let me give some clarifying information because a lot goes into answer this. There are several options available for taxpayers when they owe the IRS and they can't pay. Most of these options are based on what's called your current financial ability to pay. This is where we look at income, assets, and expenses for your household or business and determine what do you have left over at the end of the month. Our team will complete a financial analysis and recommend what solutions are actually available to you. And there may be two or three solutions available, so we'll want to go over all of that. But it doesn't stop there. The IRS then gets to take a magic red pen and disallow some of the things that you're currently paying for. Children's education, retirement, spending too much on your rent or mortgage, food, clothing, gas, car payment, et cetera, all the bills that we're all paying every month, the IRS gets to apply, st apply standards and disallow anything that you're paying that is above their allowable standards. That increases the amount that you have available to pay the IRS back, even if you don't actually have that left over at the end of the month. All right, so hang on, let me get this straight. The IRS can actually tell me or tell taxpayers that they're paying too much for their rent or mortgage, groceries, and so on, and then disallow that difference? Unfortunately, yes. And I know this sounds crazy. We do this every day, and we have to have these hard conversations with taxpayers. But the standards are published annually based on the amount of people in your household and where you live, your location. So, but let me answer your original question on what are a few common options available for people that have outstanding tax liability. One, full pay. If you have the money to full pay, we always recommend doing this. It's gonna save you the most amount of money because you're going to avoid additional penalties and interest. Two, an offer in compromise. This is a settlement. Three, an installment agreement. This is exactly what it says. It's generally a payment plan with the IRS, but there's a few options under the installment agreement um, selection. Four, bankruptcy. And five, currently non-collectible, which we discussed this in detail in another podcast. So if you're interested in the currently non-collectible for your household, you know, listen into that podcast and we'll go over those options. Now, Nick, what is the most common question that you get from our potential clients regarding options to resolve their tax liability when they come to us? You already know the answer to this, Jamie. Inevitably, <laughs> everybody wants to find out about this pennies on the dollar deal. Uh, a lot of these TV ads advertise the Fresh Start initiative. So that'll actually take me into my next question back to you. This thing, this settlement is called an offer and compromise. So let's discuss that a little bit further. What exactly is an offer and compromise or what people refer to as the settlement with the IRS? 
Yeah, so these are my favorite because they're, I mean, it's really a great thing that the IRS allows. An offer and compromise is to settle your tax liability for less than the full amount that you owe. Of course, everyone wants this option, like you said, but people do not understand that you have to meet specific qualifications in order to apply. Otherwise, it is a waste of time. And we're talking about a lot of time. Generally, you also have to pay an application fee, which right now it's $205. It, it changes every year. Um, and depending on the type of offer, sometimes you have to pay a 20% down payment with your application fee. So it would be 20% of the offer that you're submitting. Now, to get an offer actually accepted, you have to prove that paying off the full balance of your IRS debt would be impossible or would put you in extreme financial hardship. The IRS will then take a very detailed look into all of your finances, your income, your assets, your expenses, and then they'll make their determination. So what I was talking about earlier, earlier your financial ability to pay, that's what they're going to look at. And then they're gonna add all of this information up and see what is your collection potential over the next 12 months, the next year, usually. And this process will take a minimum of a year pre-COVID, but right now it's taking a lot longer than that because their workforce is at 25% capacity. So if you're going to apply for an offer, there are some additional consequences that come into play. Like it, it tolls your expiration date of the amount of time the IRS could collect and getting a response is gonna take a minimum of a year. So it is a commitment, but it might be a right one for you. So this doesn't sound like it's a simple negotiation, like walking into a used car dealership and negotiating a, a car. It sounds like this is a pretty extensive process. Yes, so, it is. Talking about these different options, going back to your list of options, uh, I think it was the third one on your list. You talked about a payment plan. Tell us a little bit, how does then you called it an installment agreement or a payment plan work? And why would anybody need an attorney if they simply want to negotiate a payment plan? An installment agreement is a payment plan. Um, it's where the IRS, you can pay back what you owe them on an extended time frame. Sometimes we see it be three years. Sometimes it can be six years, seven years, and sometimes even up to 10 years. Um, but some of those options, let me go over some of those options with you. A guaranteed installment agreement is when you owe less than $10,000, the IRS will automatically agree to set you up into an installment agreement as long as you can pay that back within three years. The benefit of this one is they won't file a tax lien against you. Another option is the full pay installment agreement. The IRS will allow you to make the monthly payments to satisfy all the tax liability that you owe over a period of time. It's going to continue to accrue interest because you still have a balance and penalties, but the monthly amount has to full pay the tax liability before the collection statute expires. And generally that's 10 years from the time that the tax is assessed. Depending on your, your balance with the IRS, they may require a direct debit installment agreement where they just suck it out of your bank account every single month. Um, and that's on a form 433D. And depending on how much you owe, a lien is generally filed in order to protect the government's interest um, when you're in an installment agreement with the IRS. Another option for an installment agreement is a partial pay installment agreement. Now, I really like this one because you're not full paying the IRS back, but it's based on your current financial ability to pay, which is what I discussed earlier. After all the financials are provided to the IRS on a collection information statement, the IRS 
applies their standards, and then whatever amount is left over at the end of the month, that usually is your installment agreement amount required. Sometimes the IRS can request updated financials along the life of your installment agreement, but they wanna do this in order just to make sure that your income hasn't changed. If your income's gotten lower, then maybe your installment agreement can be decreased as well. But they just wanna ensure that you're still available and allowed to accept that partial pay installment agreement. If your ability to pay cannot full pay the IRS in the amount of time that they have to collect, usually that 10 year mark, then the remainder of the amount that you owe them will be written off. It literally just goes away after the collection statute expiration date. Now, a disclaimer on this is interest and penalties, again, continue to accrue and are added to the amount that you owe the IRS until the balance has either one, been paid in full, or two, has been written off. So you asked another question, why hire a tax professional? So sometimes there are reasons why we do not want to release your financials to the IRS because we want to try to protect you. Um, and maybe we don't want the IRS to know some of the information regarding your financials because then they have the ability to require a liquidation of assets, which you might not want to get rid of. Um, tapping into your home equity instead of just getting an installment agreement with the IRS, they want to be paid back in full right away. So you have to pull it all out of your home equity or they could require a higher installment agreement amount based on your financial ability to pay. So I always recommend hiring somebody that knows the secrets to the IRS to make sure that they can fully protect you along the way. Interesting. So it sounds like there are options to fix these kind of problems. What if somebody does not avail themselves to these options? What kind of consequences would people face if they just simply ignore the problem and don't pay back those taxes? So no matter how innocent your reason is for not paying your IRS tax debt, the consequences are extremely serious. So getting a professional to evaluate your individual IRS tax debt is always the best way to get an idea of what we're dealing with. But for the most part, as long as you follow your tax returns, there are several options available to resolve your IRS issue. As discussed in other podcasts, some of these major consequences are the federal tax lien filings, levies on your bank accounts or other assets, and garnishments of your wages. So bottom line, you need to get into a resolution with the IRS as quickly as possible. Jamie, another option you mentioned earlier to resolve these kind of issues is bankruptcy. Do you need to file all your unfiled tax returns before you file bankruptcy? So the short answer is yes. So you must file all your back taxes before filing bankruptcy in order to determine if your tax liability is dischargeable. Now, there are a lot of rules that go into play to determine what's dischargeable in a bankruptcy and dependent on what kind of bankruptcy you're going to file. So again, you need to file your returns on time, even if you can't pay. And that's one of the rules. So make sure that you file on time. And a tax professional will work with you to ensure that all your paperwork is in order and to get you ready to file bankruptcy if this is a possible solution to get rid of some of your tax debt. So this is a lot of good information. Is there anything else you want to add that uh, our listeners should be aware of when they are in this, these kind of positions? Yeah, so owing back taxes, it's not the end of the world. And we have so many people that come into our office and they just feel horrible about like the choices that they made and how did they get themselves in this situation and how do they get out of it? And ultimately they're ashamed. And it's, it's not anything to be ashamed about. We can get you into some kind of solution. There are options available to get out of the situation. 
Um, however, it can get very complicating and keeping all of your paperwork in order is crucial. Here at the Law Offices of Nick Namath, we understand the difficulties involved in dealing with the IRS, which is why we have a specialized team here of experienced tax professionals to help you. So give us a call. Good. This has been fun talking about these options. Thanks to everybody for listening to this episode of Namath IRS News with your hosts, myself, Nick Namath, and my co-host, Jamie Flores. We hope you enjoyed the information we presented today on back taxes. If you're struggling with an IRS issue, feel free to head over to our website, www.myirsteam.com, or call us directly at 972-484-0-TAX. That's 972-484-0829. And schedule a consultation to at least start the process of putting, putting this burden behind you. Uh, to stay informed, you can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Jamie, any final words from you? And I'll say goodbye to everybody. If you like what you heard today, please remember to like, comment, subscribe, and share this content with your family and friends. It's free to do, and it would really help out our show. At the end of the day, this information is ultimately meant to benefit you. So please help us help you. Tune in next time when we discuss another exciting tax topic. Bye. Bye-bye, everybody. The information provided during this podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute legal advice.